to Terrace Talk. I was looking back at the uh, video from November that we did um, prior to Norwich City welcoming Swansea to Carrow Road. And I said, even though it's 10 games in, this feels like a little bit of a championship promotion sort of crunch match. Well, this time it definitely does feel like a promotion crunch match. Friday night, Norwich City head to the Liberty Stadium to face Swansea City. Very consistent Swansea City. Of course, can see the least goals in the league. It feels absolutely massive for both sides. And I'm delighted to uh, be joined by Gitto Llewellyn of the Jackcast. Uh, he's a, a podcast contributor for them. Swansea City fan as well. A Norwich City fan and my football writer, amongst other things, um, contributor Samuel Seaman. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Gitto, I think we'll start with you because you were on last time and you, you probably remember me saying that. This is definitely now a, a really pivotal game in the promotion race this season, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you were right to describe the previous um, fixture as, as a really pivotal match because, you know, that was that was a very tightly, but well, a very evenly balanced game. I, I thought the Swans probably, I'll be honest, were the better side on, on the day by by the tiniest of margin, but we didn't take our chances and and, and Norwich did manage to take, take one of the chances. And it, it basically set this... Well, built this gap between Norwich and and us, which we've we've never really been able to bridge since then. I think it just goes to show what a definitive impact really these kind of top of the table clashes can have. You know, you, the, once you once a team builds up that kind of um, of gap with that kind of victory, then it, it's difficult to claw it back, especially this season when the promotion race is just so relentless. And I think it's the same thing for this Friday's fixture. Um, I mean, if Norwich you know, win this match, then suddenly you've built up a really nice cushion between yourselves and, and, and third spot. Um, you, you're suddenly, you know, not really having to worry too much about the automatic spots um, and, and you're in a great position. If the result goes the other way, then suddenly we've closed that gap right up uh, and suddenly you've been dragged right back into the race for the top two. So it, it, it does really feel like it could be a, a defining game really in many ways. Yeah, of course. I think Gitto has put it pretty well, Sam, but does it feel to you a little bit like that Leeds game did a couple of years ago when Norwich went to Ellen Road and it it felt like whoever could get the better in that game maybe could um, state their claim to really go on and and make the run in their own? And and obviously Norwich City probably in a different position at the moment, which we'll get onto with uh, Mm -hmm. obviously the game that happened last night, recording this on on Wednesday evening. So we don't know how Brentford have got on in in their game uh, against Bristol City tonight, but it, it does feel increasingly like uh, if you want to label it as a, a six-pointer or whatever you want, but it, it feels like a massive game regardless of how much Daniel Farker tries to downplay it. Yeah, I think that the, it does remind me a lot of that, that Leeds game, but it's almost like roles reversed for Norwich, I think. Going into that Leeds game last time we got promoted, I think we probably had to win a lot more than Leeds did and Leeds probably at a point would have been good for them. Um, and I think Norwich go into this match with the luxury of being able to probably set up to take a point. I don't see Farker doing that, um, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you see it. But I think we're in that privileged position now where a draw wouldn't be bad for us. But I think for Swansea and Brentford now, um, it's probably more key for them to be winning games. Um, you know, I think the two results this week against Middlesbrough and Millwall have put us back in that sort of position. You know, we're not sort of streaking away like I think a few people expected us to after that Bristol game but I think there's less pressure on us than there is currently um, on Swansea and Brentford but if we don't win then that pressure it becomes a, probably a, almost an equal three horse race I think. 
the championship has a wonderful way and i wrote this today the championship has a wonderful way you think you've cracked it and then it will just come out and, and catch you on the chin it's got a wonderful way of doing that and, and that maybe feels like it's what what's happened to Norwich city in, in the last couple of weeks although it's nothing compared to say the the current trajectory of bournemouth and of course they've um, they've departed with their manager jason tyndall today so it's all about how you how full you see your glass i think for Norwich city um Gitto, let's let's come to you first you've obviously Swansea, as, as Daniel Farker, I think, put it, have, have had their feet up watching on the sofa as Norwich City um, played in midweek. A very difficult game as well, going to the te- going to the den, which isn't easy. I think, um, well, Brentford, uh, Watford, Bournemouth and, and Reading have all drawn there this season. Even though Mill have only won one game, it remains a very difficult place to go. How how much do you think it will, it will benefit Swansea that they've had a, a full week of preparation and haven't had maybe the midweek game? Because I know Daniel Farker is has come out in, in his post-match comments and said possibly that, that gives them a little bit of an advantage. I'm hoping it does. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I, we, we, we as Swansea fans, you know, looked at that uh, at the weekend and thought, you know what, well, that could really work in our favour. Norwich have to go to the den um, and, and we can just watch them from afar. Um, uh, so we've, we've had a week's, we'll have had uh, basically a week off before the match. Um, to rejuvenate, um, to um, get really prepared and, and riled up for this match. Um, whereas, you know, Norwich go into it on the back of, of two disappointing draws. Um, uh, and, and, you know, it'll be their third game in, in, in the space of a week. So that's got to be an advantage for us. It, it surely has to. Um, and um, I, I dare say I, I, it could be one of, several just little small advantages, small things that are going our way. I think it's possibly a good time, as good a time as any anyway, to play against Norwich. Um, I watched a game against Millwall. I know you're probably going to discuss in a while, but I didn't think it looked like a typical Norwich performance. I thought you were quite toothless up front, and considering the talent that you had up front, I was surprised that you didn't cause Millwall more more problems. And and if anything, I thought Millwall were the most likely to to win that game. And that bodes well for us, I think, because we are reasonably similar, actually, in the way we play to, to the way Millwall played against you. You know, five at the back, keep it very tight and organised there and then try to try to catch you out on the counter-attack then. Um, and that's how I'd expect the Swans to play too. So if Norwich struggled at the den, I think there's a chance that they could face similar issues when they come down to the Liberty. Mm, interesting uh, good to get your thoughts on on that game a little bit later on then it's very good that you watched it it's almost like you were preparing to to come on here um, that's 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 what we'll say um in in terms of Swansea obviously you come into this game on the back of a 3-1 win against Rotherham I've I, I haven't I, I confess I haven't seen the in the game is the same way you watched Norwich Mill last night but the the sort of analysis that I've heard on it, and it was only sort of one podcast and a highlight show, so um, I, I could be completely off the mark, was that maybe that result flattered Swansea a little bit. Is that something you would you would agree with? Um, I'm not sure if I'd say flattered. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that we deserved the win, but it, it's quite similar to a lot of games we've played this season where we haven't blown the opposition away. We have, at times, rode our luck slightly, possibly, Um it's just sat off, parked the bus uh, after going ahead and just invited quite a lot of pressure on ourselves while always looking to be to have a certain level of control of the, of, of the game, if I, if I put it that way. I mean, the, the start of the game was quite tight and rather, you know, there weren't many chances and then out of nowhere, the Swans 
scored their first real chance of the game. And that's happened quite a lot this season where we've scored reasonably early in a game with one of our first efforts. And that's just allowed us to control things really, really nicely. And when we do take the lead, we don't tend to lose. We've only dropped two points from a losing position all season. Uh, and, and that was down to a controversial penalty um, given in Bristol City's favour. Um, so we do tend to manage games very, very well when we get that first goal. Um, and um, that that's kind of what happened here. We, we went 2-0 up in the first half, two extremely good goals. Um, and then we sat back a little bit, invited Rotherham. They created quite a, quite a few half chances and then, and then took one of them. Um, but then as soon as it came back to 2-1, then we, we went up the other end of the, sco- of the pitch and, and scored another very good goal to make it 3-1. Um, and, and I think we are the type of team this season that a lot of teams, once they've played us, will say, well, they weren't great. You know, how are they that up so high in the table? They were, you know, they, the, the, that position flatters them a little bit. Um, and you do get teams like us every single season, it seems. Just those teams that just grind out results. They're not necessarily playing the best of football every single week. But even when we're not at our best, we, we find a way of, of getting the necessary amount of goals to, to win games. And, and that's that's the way it was at Rotherham, really. We didn't play badly, but we didn't play amazingly either. And we did enough to, to win the game without having to sweat too much, really. And see, that's the benefit of getting a, a, a fan on. They can tell you a lot more in detail than, than perhaps we can sometimes, which is, um, which is always good. Um, Sam... Uh, uh, just to go back on, on what you said there, Gita, I think it is probably a edging towards a bit more of a defensive division than maybe the uh, an attacking division, which maybe it was sort of two years ago, which I think maybe if you want to bring it round full circle for, for Norwich City is making it a little bit tougher at the moment, which, which sort of leads us nicely, Sam, to speak about the last week for Norwich City because it hasn't been perhaps as, as some people expected. If you include that FA Cup game against Barnsley, it's now three games with, without a goal. There are concerns over the attacking output. So I guess that that really leads me to ask the first question to you, which is, are you concerned? And if so, how concerned are you about this this, this last week or so? I think yes. Um, I think Tamer Pookie's form probably in the last game was the most worrying thing for me. Um, you know, I've always trusted him. Well, I say always. This season, I've trusted him more than Jordan Hugo, certainly. But... I was saying during the game yesterday, I was saying there's more of a chance Hugo would score in this game. And, uh, you know, I've been quite harsh to him this season. So that speaks volumes about how frustrated I was by Pukki's performance. Um, I thought he looked really, it was, you know, it's not a problem with creating chances in my opinion, although it might have seemed that against Middlesbrough. I thought yesterday we were much better at that, but Pukki just looked like he had no confidence whatsoever. A bit like... um, when he had that toe injury for the back end of last season, um, it reminded me a lot of his performances in that sort of time period. Hopefully the competition that Adamida provides and Hugo coming back soon will provide, um, will sort of motivate him or, or G him up to perform a little bit better. Um, but I think his form and his performances in the last couple of games have been the most worrying thing for me. Um, when Diaz absence will be a big miss for us against such a solid defensive side in Swansea on Friday, I think. But beyond that, you know, I would say the quality is there and eventually it tells, especially um, in this sort of division. So I'm not overly worried about for the rest of the season, but I think on Friday it's going to be a tough ask. And I think probably Norwich's best opportunity at 
taking a point would be a nil-nil again. Interesting, interesting stuff about Puki. There was there was just a, a couple of moments. There was that chance sort of just before half time, wasn't there, where he kind of got in behind, and there was just a second of hesitation that allowed the defenders to cover back. And I think you're right. I think it, it was a fairly bad time for Jordan Hugel to get injured just as he was beginning to look like he was finding his rhythm and also beginning to maybe realise the demands of him in this in this Norwich City side. You, of course, mentioned Emi Wendia and I'm sure Gitto is delighted that, that he's going to be missing uh, this fixture because there's no doubt about it, he's the best footballer in, in the league. He's um, he's certainly Norwich City's creator-in-chief and there's still that amazing, staggering statistic, isn't there, Sam, that when he's not involved, Norwich have only won one game, which is uh, which is Huddersfield uh, on the opening day of the season and, and only that was because of a defensive error. So what do, what do Norwich City need to do from your perspective to rectify the issues that they've had going forward and maybe finding that spark again and that, that creativity? Is it simply getting a bit more out of Todd Campbell than maybe they've got out of the last week? Yeah, Todd Cantwell and Kieran Dowell, in my opinion, I think, um, you know, as far as the other sort of wingers or attacking midfielders in the squad, I think Pujeta and Hernandez probably could be contributed a bit more. But the the crux of this side is the fluent passing moves. And I don't think Cantwell has been um, contributing enough to those. And his form this season has been really frustrating me because I think the inconsistency is has always been his problem, really. And for such a talented individual, I think it's just really frustrating to see him play like he did against Millwall and just not really have any sort of effect on the game and, you know, spend more time going over looking for fouls than actually trying to contribute to attacks. So I think he's the key against Swansea. I think he's the only person that's going to get close to filling the void that Emi Buendia leaves. Um, but... Uh, you know, there's other players that could contribute. There's a reason why they went out and bought so much depth in the summer um, and they haven't really contributed that much. I think Pojeta is um, sort of a lot of smoke and no fire um, at the moment and Hernandez is, you know, in and out of injuries. I don't think he's contributed enough when he's been on the pitch and Kieran Dowell I've been really disappointed with. I don't think it's necessarily his fault. I think the, the long-term injury and then the one... Um, the sort of short-term one that he got almost as soon as he came back has really hampered him. But I think it's just time for those sort of those sort of players who have been on the fringes to step up. Um, it's a shame that Marco Stieperman, I don't think he'll be available for this game um, with his whatever weird virus he's dealing with or whatever, because I think now is the time for players like him to be staking a claim um, for the sort of the run-in at the end of the season. Um, and there's quite a few players who you'd think would be motivated to come in and, and show what they can do, but none of them have really been able to so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Dal. It just feels like he needs a, a good cameo off the bench, doesn't it, to be to be mentioned in, in consideration for a start. I just wonder if maybe Daniel Farker will go with Kenny McLean and, and make that a really solid midfield as opposed to maybe Mario Vrancic, but we'll have to see. We know he's a, a coach that likes continuity. Um, speaking of, of decent coaches, Steve Cooper has, has done a wonderful job at Swansea since he joined, really, he's been there, what, 18 months now? I know he's, a, as we spoke about before, a, a close friend of, of Stuart Webber. They worked together at, at Wrexham and Liverpool. Um, this best defensive record, and I know that some are maybe suggesting they could even break the, the record this season for, for their defence and, and how good it is. <clears throat> Talk to us a little bit about how that has adapted and, and changed this season, because to concede 15 goals and be in February during the season, although it was a delayed start, is an incredibly impressive return i suppose yeah and and it's been the the bedrock really um to all our success um it we we 
simply, I think, have the best defenders in the division, which makes it um, much easier. That is undoubtedly our strength. Mark Gehi is, in my opinion, head and shoulders above every other defender in this division. He is a complete footballer and somebody who I think will go on to be a Chelsea defender for, for years to come. And we're just lucky to have him in the team. But we've also got Ryan Bennett there, who, of course, you um, you know about. He's got the experience there to to kind of help the other more young, um, the more, more youthful defenders we've got. We've got Ben Cabango, who's Welsh international, only 20 years old, but just a real old school, solid defender. Not not exactly the best with the ball at his feet, but, you know, you put that ball in the box, he's going to win the headers and he's going to win the tackles. Um, and, and we've got two wing backs who, um, who have been massively influential, not just defensively, but in attack as well. And they've been, particularly Connor Roberts, he's been our best um, creative influence as well as, um, you know, a, a very solid um, option at right back. And and that, because we concede so few goals, I mean, 15 goals so far this season, that's that's an absurdly low amount. Um, but but it, it does reflect the quality that we've got there. Uh, and when you go, well, when you very rarely concede, it only takes one goal to to win most games. Uh, and that's helped us because we're, we're not the most creative sides. We're not the most attacking sides. Uh, quite, we can be quite conservative um, very often. So, you know, if we can just nab a goal, then um, chances are we'll see, we'll see a game out and, and we'll we'll take the three points. And that's been the way we've played this season. Basically, we 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 don't actually create that much. Our xG would be um, quite mediocre. You know, if um, if you buy into that because. Um, you know, once we take a chance, we don't really look to create much more than that. Um, but that, that well, it's our defence that enables us to do that, really. And since Steve Cooper shifted to five at the back um, at the, just after the lockdown last year, we just haven't looked back, really. That, that defence has not only, you know, made us much more difficult to play against and score against, um, it, it, that that gives the rest of the team an extra freedom then to to play a bit more football and to express themselves a bit more. You, you kind of answered the, the my follow-up question, which was going to be, is the key to this Swansea success being very, very good in both boxes? And by that, I mean in terms of limiting the quality of chances you concede and equally being very clinical going forward. Because as you say there, if you have a really resolute defensive structure, which Swansea have, and I know firsthand we saw that at Cal Road, it obviously took Norwich City a, a long, long time to to break them down. I think it was 84, 85 minutes in the end. And that was only because of a, a spark from Bali Mumba from the bench. Is, is that kind of the, the key to Swansea City's success this season? Uh, I mean, you've kind of outlined it there, but in terms of it being more of a team effort rather than individuals, which maybe is, is the case with other teams that have had success in the championship before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got, and we've got a bit more squad depth now as well. So we've got, and we've seen the players are able to come in and out to this side and do a job. We're not, overly reliant on 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 too many players really um there are very few players in this team who if they were injured you'd say oh my gosh we're really going to struggle without them um there, there is a good balance to the team um and like you said because because we are so good at frustrating teams at one end um we we only need to take one or two chances at, at the other and and we're pretty good at doing that on the whole um so you know that how, how sustainable that is when you're in a promotion push. I guess we'll find out over the coming months um, because you only need a couple, one or two, you know, bad games where you're not creating much, uh, and and suddenly you've you've dropped quite a few points. But um, you know, it, at, so far at least, it's it's worked really really well for us. And it 
that defence has enabled us to win even when we're not playing particularly well. And that's that's been the key, really. That's what we've been able to do, which um, certain other teams like like Bournemouth, for example, over the last few last few weeks have not been able to do. And it's a, it's a criticism, Sam, that's been put at Norwich, hasn't it, in terms of not being particularly defensively solid. And that's something that maybe we're seeing particularly throughout this season, evolve a lot. I mean, the, the partnership of Ben Gibson and Grant Hanley um, looks increasingly solid. They've, they're certainly less porous than they were last season. This kind of feels like a game between two good defences. And as much as we've been talking about Norwich City's attacking struggles, they still haven't been losing games because of the quality of their defence. I mean, it's still three consecutive clean sheets. So although we're talking about concerns, there's still plenty to be positive about in that respect. Yeah, I was just thinking then, um, you know, I haven't watched too many Swansea games this season, maybe seven or eight, but I refuse to believe that there's a better centre-back in the division than Grant Hanley, who's been absolutely unbelievable <laughs> for us um, this season. I'm, I'm a huge fan, um, so I just had to get that in there. But, yeah, I think it's probably, I've seen quite a lot of people say, and I was I was too young to really appreciate them, but it's our best duo since uh, Fleming and Mackay which was sort of the, the defensive peak of Norwich, really, especially um, in, in the championship, obviously winning the title that way. Um, so it, it is really encouraging. I think people sort of skew that when they say, oh, you know, it's, it's a clean sheet. Um, it, or it's two clean sheets in a row, say, this week. Um, the fact that Middlesbrough and Millwall set up the way they do sort of skews that that stat, I suppose, um, a little bit. It, you know, they weren't trying to come on to us. And, and if they would have had the same possession as what we did, maybe it would be more of an achievement. But I think, you know, it's the type of games we're involved in has probably um, contributed more to the defensive record than necessarily brilliance from Norwich. But, that, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from Gibson and Hanley. I think they've been um, absolutely fantastic. Uh, one thing I've, I found a little bit weird is sort of outside the Norwich and Swansea bubbles, Everyone talks about them playing sort of positive possession football, um, which I don't know is, you know, Norwich do try and play that way. But I think um, the fact that Norwich fans and Swansea fans have seen that type of football at its best in recent years, Norwich, when they last won the championship and Swansea a little bit further back under Brendan Rodgers, I think that maybe means that as fans of, of these two clubs, we we can maybe say, well, it's not actually that that sort of, that free flowing, um, but people in in the rest of the championship, you know, the the Middlesbrough fans and the Millwall fans who have to watch that sort of football every week, like to say that Norwich and Swansea are, are so good in possession and, and going forward and things. Where I think actually the difference has been at the other end, and you know, Swansea have been excellent defensively, um, as everybody knows, um, but seems to be keen on ignoring because it's just it sort of fits a narrative to say that they play this possession beautiful football like they like they used to and it's the same with Norwich to an extent I think they do still try and play that way but I think it's not you know there's more of an emphasis on when that doesn't work um being solid at the back so that we're picking up points when we can't score or we're winning 1-0 rather than having to score three to win a game which was what it felt like um in 2018-19 and and Norwich have experienced this obviously more more recently they they know that going up as a side leaking goals doesn't always bode particularly well in the Premier League, particularly when you compare maybe their progress 
last season, if we ignore this season, but last season compared to a team like Sheffield United, who were very solid. And for all of the reasons that Gitto outlined earlier, maybe if Swansea did go up, they have a, a real base. Certainly in the first season, Daniel Farquhar, of course, put it very well um, after after relegation, that teams that go up that are defensively solid do have um, a bit more success, particularly in the first season in, in, in the Premier League. Um, Sam, based from, on, on what Gitto said, based on what you've said, are you expecting a, I'll roll two questions into one. Are, are you expecting a very close encounter, not a game maybe that is, is going to be very open, like a basketball game that, that we have seen at some points um, with Norwich this season, not particularly often, I'll, I'll admit, as, as you've kind of said. And equally, how important is it, given everything Gitto said about how good Swansea are when they take the lead, that Norwich City do get that first goal and do make sure they get themselves in the lead and have something to protect? Yes, vitally important. I think reminds me a bit of the playoff final five years ago or six years ago against Middlesbrough when their record was so good um, going a goal in front. And I think we got away with one in the home fixture, actually. Jamal Lowe had an absolute shocker um, on the day. Um, and Swansea probably could have been two or three nil up by the time we, we scored uh, or even created any decent chances, really. So um, hopefully they won't have to depend on luck um, to such a great degree this time. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's, it's vitally important. I think um, it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, Swansea, um, although I said they're more defensively minded, I think they do still like to, to dominate possession. It, it's a bit like the sort of Spain side from 2008, 2012. They keep possession as a defensive strategy as much as a, a means of going forward. So I think that possession battle will be key both defensively and attack wise. And um you know, you just look at it and everything that we say, you know, trying to focus on different areas of the pitch where which might be key. Um, it's just sort of unravelling to me that in these big games, absolutely everything counts and it all sort of rolls into one. So, um, yeah, I suppose I'm, I'm not really answering the question very well. Um, but, yeah, it will just be a, another vital part of a, a game where it looks like it will be really fine details and maybe taking the one chance that you have in the game um, that will win it for one of the sides. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think it is going to be, it's not going to be the case of two heavyweights trying to knock each other out. I think it's going to be a, a win on points if there, if there is a win, if, if you're into your uh, into your boxing analogies. Um, Gitto, you spoke about the, the strength and depth. Was that reinforced by a pretty positive January transfer window in terms of the players that that you guys brought in, Connor Hurahan. I won't comment on the on the spelling of his first name, which is wrong, by the way, but it's fine. Um, uh, you, you may you may not know, but he, he does have a, a decent habit for popping up and scoring against Norwich City in recent mm-hmm. years. Um, th- that January window as a supporter has that got you more excited about about your prospects this season? Because uh, there's obviously been some American talent added as well. It seems like you guys have had a, a pretty successful window in terms of incomings. Yeah, it, it's been strange, really, when everybody else seems to have been kind of tight, tightening their, their purse strings and not really gambling too much. We we do seem to have said, right, let's let's go for it. We haven't spent that much money, but we have brought in six new players. Horahan is the only one that I would say uh, is a guaranteed starter. He, he instantly goes into the first team um, um, week in, week out, uh, and he's already scored two goals uh, in his first three games. So he's, you know, off the off the he's off to a great start um doing everything we hope that he'd do um because we were short of goals in midfield and he's he seems to have addressed that the others i think are mainly there for depth to give us a few more options 
Um, we've got a couple of American internationals and a couple of youngsters and and someone in Kieran Friedman who who is just there, I think, for uh, emergency purposes if if we do have an injury crisis, which of course is perfectly possible in um, in, in this kind of season where the games come thick and fast. But I, I think fans are generally feeling buoyed by the um, by the transfer window. It's the by far. I, th- I think somebody's worked out this is the busiest January that we've ever had. Um, so we've ne- we've never brought in this, this many players in January, um, and um, there is a question mark about how how well they'll settle uh, in such a short space of time. You never really know that January is a strange window for signings, anyway. But but the general mood is is quite positive. Do you, do you feel any differently heading into this game than you did? Uh, obviously, there's more riding on it, but in terms of maybe approach and what you're expecting, do you feel any different having the knowledge of, let's say that that game at Carrow Road in November? Do you feel any more anxious, any more confident? How do you feel heading into this one as a Swansea fan? I'm more confident now than I would have been about two weeks ago um, for a number of reasons. I mean, you're going to say then about 28 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, I'm way more confident now. Um, But it's, um, but I I think, you know, it's, I I still think Norwich are a fantastic team. But uh, as I said earlier, I think we are probably playing them as at as good a time as any. You know, you, you've struggled to create and score in the last few games. Buendia's absence is an absolutely massive one. Um, so, you know, there aren't too many good times to face Norwich, but this may be one of them. And in terms of our form, we've been winning recently, um, really not dropping many points. And on the whole this season, we have raised our game when we've come up against the biggest teams in the in the division, albeit not always getting the points that we deserve. I mean, we, we had a real shocker against Brentford um, the other night where we were extremely lucky to get a draw. Um, but that is a bit of an anomaly, really. And on the whole, when we have come up against... Um, against the better size in the division, we've we've played some of our better football. And and I include in that the performance of Carroll Road, which even though we lost, I actually thought we played very well and, and caused Norwich a lot of problems. And on, on a different day we would have we would have taken three points from from that game. And I'd love to see a similar performance on Friday night. But my feeling is that the occasion may just be a bit too nervy for, for us to play quite as um, with quite that level of, of adventure again and, and roll the dice the way we did at times in the second half um, at, at Carra Road. So I think we may see a bit more of a cautious approach, safety first, um, possibly a bit more direct, try and catch Norwich out that way. Um, but but at the same time, I mean, if we look at the Millwall match, Millwall had quite a bit of joy trying to pass it through the middle and keeping the ball on the floor um, and, and trying to pick off space that way. I'd like to see us try that way. I think, if anything, that's 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 how we created chances at Carra Road earlier on the season. I think that's probably the best way to play against Norwich rather than just lumping it long and trying to play percentages in, a, in that kind of panicky way. Yeah, and I think we've seen, as, as Sam will reiterate, teams that do get out of Norwich, that do press them high, maybe have a bit more joy than those that try and make it a little bit frustrating, um, with the exception of, of, of Middlesbrough, who did it very, very well. Um, Sam, how are you feeling heading into this game as a, a Norwich fan? It kind of feels like the mood is a bit, um, I don't want to say down, because that's probably overstating it a little bit, but it, it's, it feels very nervy at the moment. Uh, maybe you can you can kind of use your own word, but as, as a Norwich City fan heading into this game, given the magnitude of it, and I know we've spoken about it for over half an hour now, but you, you don't really need any of us to sell this fixture, um, I'm sure Sky Sports are, are delighted about that. But h- how do you feel as an Norwich City fan headed, heading into this one? 
Um, I'm a little bit cautious in case Norwich Twitter gets angry at me for being negative. Um, but I think I am worried, to be honest. I think Swansea's form um, compared to ours, the championship is all about momentum. And when it's not on your side, especially when it's on the opposition side, I think that's a, a real uphill struggle. And uh, to be honest, I, I would definitely take a point. I think there's you know a few that still think Norwich have the right to absolutely destroy this league. And I think, um, like you said earlier, whenever whenever the championship feels like you've got to that point, you know, there's a, a nice Neil Warnock um, tactical setup to undo that and, you know, um, take you back to square one almost. So I'm not feeling positive about it at all, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm quite worried about it and I wish we were, you know, I'd, I'd much rather a game against a Wickham or a, a Birmingham at this point. I think... Norwich need a win more than anything really just even a, a scrappy 1-0 win against a, a terrible side um, and this Swansea game is well given their second this is technically the the least um, chance Norwich have had this season of of taking a win and I'd probably go along with that so I'm not feeling great about it um, you know but you just gotta hope the championship is a championship and, and there's surprises everywhere truth is I feel like if I was a Swansea fan and I was going into it confident Swansea would lose so um you know it's just hopefully we just we just get luckier I think which is a strange thing to say as a Norwich fan in the championship um up to this point I felt that we were the favourites going into every single game but um I, I feel like that's Swansea um on Friday and I'm, I'm not trying to be Mourinho here that is genuinely what I think um rather than just trying to pile the pressure on but yeah I do think they're favourites to be honest Interesting. For the first time this season, there feels like a real self-doubt amongst Norwich fans. Amongst, um, I wouldn't say maybe that's necessarily got to the players because I think they're quite an insulated group anyway. But certainly amongst the fans, it does feel that way. Um, let's let's get your score prediction. Then you, you said you feel Swansea are favourites. Do you feel they're gonna they're gonna come out on top on Friday? Yeah, I think it's going to be a one 0 I will say because I know you're getting irritated about the. Uh, the negative predictions from Norwich fans on here. Um, I will well, say I, I still think Norwich are... fairly positive recently. So, uh, you know, but you could feel free to burst the bubble. Well, well, I think they're going to lose. Um, but I, I still think Norwich are going to get promoted. So uh, that's the good news, I think, um, given that, you know, my opinion is paramount uh, and decides what happens at the end of the season. Um, but, yeah, no, I think we'll lose. But, I, you know, to, to caveat that, I still think Norwich are going to get promoted. So there's a sort of a nice healthy balance for you. Interesting. I, I do think after this game, the, the fixtures are maybe a little bit kinder than they have been over the last six, which has been a very difficult run. I kind of looked at it before Cardiff and thought if Norwich are going to have a little bit of a dip or drop some points here and there, it will come in the six games. And um, well, hopefully they can win and, and prove me wrong and end it well. But it, it does kind of feel like sadly that kind of thought is um, is going to is gonna come true. Gitto, I kind of said there, there's a lot of self-doubt amongst Norwich fans. It kind of feels like they're, they're feeling a little bit sorry for themselves at the minute for, for whatever reason. Is is that something you think Swansea can capitalise on? I know there are no fans in the ground, so it's not necessarily going to turn or anything like that or necessarily be visible in terms of how Norwich play. Although I, I felt at times on Tuesday that there were moments where you could kind of see maybe there was that little bit of um, I don't know if self-doubt is the right word again, but certainly that realisation, that consciousness maybe that they're, they're failing to score goals or create chances in the same way as as they usually are. 
is that kind of something you, you hope your side can can capitalize on? Yeah, I, I mean, when a team goes three games without scoring, it's it's bound to just be in the back of your mind, you know. Even if you try to play your usual way, it's always going to be there that that added pressure to find the back of the net. And I think once you know, once you do find the back, if you do score early against against us, I think we'll see you know Norwich back to their best and and flowing and and you know potentially really hammering it home. Um, my hope is that we can you know just keep it tight at the start, keep you frustrated. And then the longer it goes on, then the, the more frustrated you'll get. And that, that should play into our hands. That's what I'm hoping will happen. Um, and, and if we can actually just keep you out for say the first half hour, I'd, I'd fancy our chances then if we can, um, you know, get, get a grip on the match. A lot depends on how positive we are. Are we going there thinking let's not lose or are we going there thinking, you know, we can win this game. I'd like to see us go there thinking that we can go and, and, and get create chances and win the match. Um, but that wasn't the case in the recent match against Brentford. Um, so it's, it's difficult to know really how positive we're going to be. I think positivity is the best policy against this Norwich team. I think we should go toe to toe Um and try and play you at your own game, basically. Um, but whether we'll do that, I'm not sure. Still, I, my my head says it'll be a draw. Um, it'll be a one-all, which kind of doesn't entirely satisfy everybody, but but keeps the, the a level of status quo uh, intact. And um, but but my heart says the Swans have a good chance here to to really narrow the gap and and make things interesting at the top. And I'd love to see us go and and get a two one win. Um, so that that would be my prediction. Do, do you know what I came into this video and I, I was kind of thinking I felt this all day. This does feel like a must win game for both sides. And actually, sort of as we've sort of spoken over the last nearly forty minutes or so, it's becoming increasingly evident. I think from both of your answers that maybe this is a a don't lose game for both sides, even though maybe a draw doesn't particularly help either of them at the moment. Maybe you could argue that it was slightly better for Norwich. Guys, that's been a fascinating 40 minutes of chat. Thank you very much for joining me. We'll leave uh, all the relevant links uh, to the guys down below in the uh, in the description of, of the YouTube video and uh, of what, whichever podcast feed you've you found this in, if, you, if you're listening via that. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Make sure you stay safe. It promises to be an absolutely fascinating game on Saturday night. Of course, uh, Friday night, sorry, not Saturday night, Friday night. Of course, Pinkin.com is... Uh, is the, I, I, I tell you what, I've been delighted that it's taken me towards the end to mark that up because I felt it would be a lot earlier, but there we go. Um, Friday night, definitely, 8.15 kickoff. Pinkin.com, of course, the place to go for all the build-up, all the reaction. We'll have our live blog there as well um, for you to check out. Thank you very much for watching. Stay safe. And we will, of course, see you soon.